joined here by new South Dakota State head coach Jimmy Rogers. Coach, the first question is, is what have, what have these first few weeks been like for you, getting through National Signing Day, taking over the reins as the head coach of the defending national champions? Uh, we've done a lot with the players, um, just making sure we're all on the same page. Obviously, finishing up recruiting was big, and during this time of the year, it's kind of a time for a break, and a break was built in just right after the week after signing day. So we do have new coaches coming in. Um, there's several coaches that are moving in right now and giving them a little buffer before we really start uh, next week. So it's just kind of tying up some loose ends right now and before we start to push forward into the next year. When when you're looking back, when you when you were playing at South Dakota State, you've been coaching here for 10-plus years now. Did you ever think, and what does it mean to you to be the next head coach at South Dakota State? Well, for one, it means a lot. Um, this place transformed my life and something I never imagined coming out of high school. But uh, for me, I've always just been focused on my role and doing my job the best I possibly can. Um, to say I thought about this, I wouldn't say I thought about this until the last several years as far as becoming the next head football coach here when conversations started to uh, go in that direction. But overall, I've always just tried to do my job the best I could. Um, and my roles have changed here. So I've said this numerous times in interviews, but I've been every person in this building. I've been the player. I've been the GA. I've been the assistant to the coordinator to the coordinating now defense and then um, becoming now the head coach. So to know what everybody's going through at the time and what they're going through it at and the emotions that come with that, um, I think there's value in that. And when you look back on this season, just – like you said, you've been through, I mean, this program coming all the way up through the FCS ranks. What does it mean to you to just be a part of the staff and be a defensive coordinator for the first team to break through and win a national championship at South Dakota State? Well, it means a lot. And, it, you know, this program has been built over years with a lot of hard work with a lot of people. So, you know, I've been been blessed to be a part of it. When I first got here as a student athlete, you know, we had dreams of winning a national championship, but we made the playoffs for the first time in 2009. And um, that before that, that was years prior to making uh, the playoffs. So in order to, you know, take that step as a player to being part of the one of the first to do something, it was kind of a, uh, it was the push to continue to do more. And every year after that, with you know, the last, decade after that we made the playoffs every single year and after a while like making the playoffs was wasn't really a thought anymore it was always about winning a national championship and being the best and we got close several times and we failed and we learned from every mistake that we made throughout the time uh, we just kept working you know the game of football is fickle um nobody means to make mistakes but through those mistakes, you need to learn and you need to take accountability into the action, which it takes to improve, to be your best, and then take a step forward. And we've done that throughout the, the years. And I can tell you this, nobody is uh, settling on one national championship. And I can assure you that our goal is to be the best. And so every year you get an opportunity, you reset yourself and try to replicate what you've done. So that's the steps that we're taking further. I just have a great roster to do it with. I think maybe one of the best in FCS football, a team that's really bought into one another and bought into the vision of what we expect to do. Um, so I'm excited to see what we can put on the field next fall. The the defense was a huge part of the success last season. I mean, number one rushing defense, one of the best overall defenses in the entire country. When you look back at that unit, what made them so special and able to be as successful as they were on Saturdays when, when y'all lined up against other teams? 
think it's a belief, uh, belief not only just in the scheme, it's a belief in each other. It's a brotherhood. Uh, it's a commitment to give our best to the guy next to you. There's a lot of things that makes up the dynamics of a football team, but I would say throughout my my years, you know, I failed and I failed as a coach and learning from those mistakes. I and mean, every year we, you know, so, you know, it's not just looking at the cutups; it's how you can do how you can do it better. And I've taken those things personally. I've grown from mistakes. I've looked back on things that have hurt us constantly, and I've tried to continue to. To, to grow the defense to what it was this past season. And there's still steps that we could need to take. Um, but I believe in the system of what we do. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't think that the product should or will change next season. And when you, when you look back at your time with, with, with coach Stig, he steps away, but you, you, you play underneath them. You've coached underneath them. When you look back, what's the biggest lesson that he kind of taught you that has prepared you for this moment to be a head coach? You know, Coach Stig always had uh, he's a y- unique methods, um, but they're methods that, you know, a byproduct to him. He's been patient with me. Um, so to take that for granted, I need to be patient with other people, you know, and uh, allow people to grow and, and mold into coaches. He's given the coaches a lot of autonomy to do their job. Um, for me, with a new staff or several new coaches, I got to make sure that everybody knows their role. Um, and then hold them accountable to that, but they also need to grow and they're going to fail at times, but I just hold people accountable and, and, uh, really giving them the, the room to grow and not suffocating them into this is how you do it. I think a lot of people enjoy it here and they've enjoyed it here because of the autonomy to, you know, put their own flavor on what they are responsible for. And, and, um, it's been huge as far as the growth of our football team. We've had a lot of personalities and different types of people come to this building, um, but, you know, the one thing I would say is Coach Stig believes in people and uh, treats people the right way. And I think that may be the biggest thing I've taken from it, his patience with me, his belief in me, um, and being understanding and, and putting things, you know, in, in the priorities of which they should be, which is for us, it's always been your immediate family and then the football family. So those are things that are still important to me and things that will carry over to, you know, my regime going forward. And you see head coaches take a lot of different roles. Some are very hands-on with the side of the ball or position group. Others take a more CEO approach with you being a defensive coordinator last year. How much moving into this head coach role, will you still be involved in the defensive game planning? Are you looking to take a step back and be more of a CEO when, when you become as, as your head coach this season? No, I'll be involved with the defense. I'll be heavily involved with the defense. And it's not because I don't trust people. I just got to get people off to the right, you know, start to make sure that they're doing it the way I expect it to be done. Um, Jesse Bobbitt is extremely smart. He's a player or a coach that I had the opportunity of coaching. And uh, he was a graduate assistant for me. He knows the defense. But, you know, he's going to be taking a new step. But as far as the organization it takes to be very detailed and, and thorough to do his job. And, um, he's going to need some guidance and he needs to get his feet wet doing it. And then eventually we'll see what it looks like me stepping away from it. But my passion is coaching football. I mean, to say that I could just be a CEO, I don't, I don't know if I could do that. I, I love coaching the kids and trying to take a kid farther than what he ever thought he could be. Um, that is why I got into coaching because that's what was done for me as a player with the, with the coaches that I had. So 
I'm going to be heavily involved. I just have more decisions to make going further and making sure that the whole team is on the same page. And so I've had the best mentor um, to be able to learn under and watch how he's done. There's a lot of things that we will continue to do because that is South Dakota State. Coach Stig is South Dakota State. And so to try to change a wholesale change on something that just got us to a national championship, you know, that may be, you know, in my opinion, that may be a dumb mistake. And so there are some things that will change, um, but there's a lot of things that are going to stay in place and stay consistent. And in, 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 uh, I believe in what we've done and I've been a part of it. So I've been able to witness the the, the gains that we've been able to have over the years. And, we, and recruiting and coaching has changed so much over these last few years, coaching, and you know this. And with the age of NIL, the transfer portal, there's been a there's been a huge shift in recruiting strategies across the country. When you take your recruiting strategy as as a head coach now, what's the balance going to be at South Dakota State? Is it going to continue to be developing high school talent, or are you guys going to start dipping in the transfer portal a little bit more when needed? You know, we've always taken transfers when we felt like we needed to take a transfer at a certain position or um, opportunity at a certain player. Um, you know, we just took a, a player from Iowa State that we knew in recruiting, and he was going to come here if he didn't go to Iowa State. And so he didn't come to Iowa State, and he had a great experience, but he didn't play as much as he wanted to or had the role that he wanted to. So when we had the opportunity to get him back, we knew him. You know, and so for me, that was a no-brainer to get a kid that we knew personally. Uh, but this is not a transfer portal school, nor, nor will it ever be. Will we dip into it? Yeah, here and there. Uh, but I believe in developing the high school kid. And I think if you looked at what we've done and how many kids from our team have entered the transfer portal, it's safe to say that this is a good place and the kids like it. You know, we've had one player going to the transfer portal this entire year. Um I believe in, in developing and believing in a kid and, and uh, developing depth from the youth, um, from freshman to senior. And I, th I think that's important. And, and I'm glad you mentioned that because that was my next question is roster retention is so difficult nowadays. And for defending national champions who have, I believe you guys have almost 18 starters coming back and even more than that on the two deep coming back. How are what is the culture like behind the scenes? How are you guys able to retain kids in the age where you see you see some programs who are winning in the FCS level lose 20, 30 guys a year to the transfer portal? How are you guys able to retain your talent and keep them from entering the transfer portal or pursuing any other opportunities? I think you do that by being honest with people. I think you do it by painting a picture to them of what they agreed to and what they committed to when they first came here. That it we never say it's easy. We never tell these kids that they can start when they commit to us. Um, we're honest. And um, the people here is what makes South Dakota State. We're genuine. We're authentic to who we are. We love the players. We invest a ton in them. And um, I think that they can see that. Uh, this isn't a place where you know, part of that is the, the type of kid and how we vet the players that we bring in. We're not always looking for the best kid. There's a lot of great players out there. We're looking for the right kids that fit the culture of who we are. Sometimes that means, you know, staying local with a kid that may not be better than a kid right away from Texas um, or Florida or Arizona. Um, you know, we, we do recruit kind of nationally, but our main hub has been, if you looked at the roster of how we just won the national championship, we just won it with 35 South Dakota kids. Um, so we bring in a type of kid that knows who we are, 
and wants to be a part of what we're about. And that has nothing to do with NLI. It has everything to do with growing as a, as a student athlete, growing as a football player, growing as a person. And when those things don't change and you stay true and you're transparent and then you tell the, a kid uh, and give him honest feedback on how he should get better and understanding that he has a role on the team, I think it's not as, what, not as, not as hard as what people make it out to be. But when you're always just looking to replace people with the next best, the next best, I think it turns into a junior college model. And then you have a bunch of kids that are kind of caught up with their own stats and what they can do and how it looks from the outside and how much money that they can get um, through an NLI deal. We, we don't have those issues. The kids agreed to coming here to being a student athlete and getting a degree. And we push them in that way to excel so that they can have you know, real lifelong um, careers and, and gain money that way. Um, nowadays, the, the college football has changed almost to a landscape of NFL free agency, and that's not going to be the model that we go on. Um, we're going to develop student athletes and push them academically and then have success on the fi- football field with those guys. And I, I love that model, Coach. And then, you know, we talked to Amar Johnson earlier this offseason. He said that, you know, I asked him about having the target, being the being the defending national champions, everyone aiming for you guys. And he said he said that the coaching staff's been telling them to embrace it. The players have been embracing it. What's been the message behind the scenes in the locker room for, for you guys as a coaching staff to kind of prepare the players to repeat? He said the standard is to repeat, and there's no question that that's the goal next season. How have you guys been preparing the team to face week in and week out being the team everyone wants to beat you know it's not focusing on anybody else that's just you know the standard it's focused on being the best person and player that you can be i think when you get caught up in what other people are doing or you get caught up in what other people perceive you as and maybe the, how they're going to attack you you're not really focused on how you need to get better um for us it starts as individuals on am i doing my best for the team and uh, am I giving my best to the team? And then in the end, it's what we can all do together. We, we, we talk about competitive maturity in, in the position groups as far as, you know, working your tail off so that way you are pushing, you know, the number one or what is perceived as the number one. I told the guys last night, every, everybody's a starter. Everybody needs to believe that they're a starter. And however the depth chart settles towards the end, you need to make sure that you're ready to take that jump and be that guy. If I have a bunch of guys that are concerned about where they sit in the depth chart, they're, they're consumed with that and they're not being the best player that they could be and doing the work that it requires to be the best player that they need to be. So that has been the focus for focus on how you can improve and the, the little steps that you can take. And that's easier said than done because these kids have emotions as well. Uh, our players have emotions and they want to be that guy that's highlighted in the end when you work on extremely hard at, your craft and making everything about the team. I think it's more rewarding in the end um, when you don't make it about yourself. And I think that's what the team is, you know, together, everybody achieves more. And and if you can consistently uh, have a same message and belief amongst the team, I think it naturally leads to success. I don't think there's a real, I think I, I, if you know me at all, it's just, you, you know what you want to do, you focus on it, and then you finish and you work your tail off until you get it. And so we've had kids come in and they've been freshmen and they've started, you know, and we've had kids come in and they've waited three years to start. 
But we're going to be honest, it's transparent when we recruit a player that if he's good enough, he'll play. And every player that we bring in knows the expectation and knows that they could be replaced. And that's what is competitive maturity. Um, when the players come into our program, our older guys work with the younger guys because somebody did that for them. And it just it creates this belief in a culture um, that is still about the team and not based off of individual success. And so that's kind of a model on how we've done and how we're going to continue to push forward. Yeah, and, and the, just two more questions, Coach. The, one of them has to evolve around your defensive line. I think that was a, a lot of a lot of average, you know, fans just kind of look at the stat box and they'll overlook a guy like Caleb Sanders or Reese Winkleman. But when you turn on the film, I mean, they're complete game changers. What has made those two guys so impactful on the defensive line? And what does it mean to you to be able to coach two guys like that who probably have a future at the next level and playing on Sundays? You know what? They're extremely selfless. Like they don't care about in years past where we didn't have the depth and we made that change and we made that change with the amount of scholarships that are accoladed or uh, designed towards the D line. And, but those guys came in and worked their tail off. And that was a part of that is finding the right kid. And both of those guys really believed in what we did um, to get them here. They're not ones that care about all the hype. And when we start rotating to keep people fresh, um, those guys got better, you know, because they weren't playing the entire the entire game. So to say that they're replaceable, um, they're not, you know, because they're not as people. Everybody here had their own – I was, I don't know if you had heard me say this before, but uh, to say this is the same exact team, I know we have the, the returning starters. This is a different football team because it's – to say that would discredit everybody that's been here and the personalities in the, in the room. And it's not just D line. It's every room. Uh, it would discredit what those people as individuals do for the group and the spirit in which they came to practice every day and the energy in which they brought. Um, yeah. I mean, they were huge playmakers for us. Um, Reese Winkleman was awesome. He had developed a sense of savviness and playing and, and we'll miss them. Um, but it's the next guy's up his job to take that jump to say that we're not going to miss Caleb Sanders. You know, I discredit everything that he did. I'm going to miss him as a person. And, you know, there's now an opportunity for the, the next tier of D lineman to come in and compete. And that's what every kid wants is just an opportunity to showcase what they can do. And I always tell the guys just because they don't talk, write about you now, doesn't mean that they can't learn about you. So make sure you're putting in the work and giving your best. I love that quote there. That that was a good quote, Coach. I'll, I'll give you that one. Um, the, the 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 one of the last questions is: There's the list of head coaches who have won a national championship in their first season as head coaches. Extremely, extremely short. When you're looking at your your career development, when you go back to being a grad assistant, when you go back to being a, a D coordinator, what would it mean for your career and just you in general to be one of the one of the only head coaches to win a national championship year one as a head coach? Uh, what it would mean is I did my job at a high level. I mean, I'm not really concerned what the outside world thinks of me. Honestly, I'm, I'm really not. I'm concerned about living up to a standard in which I have for myself. And if I feel like I can do that, we will win multiple national championships. I'm, I'm hard on myself as far as, uh, demanding the most out of myself. So I'm not really caught up in 
what people have or have not done. I'm just trying to give my best to the team and, and trying to push the kids to give their best to the team. That's kind of what this is all about. We're all in this together. I'm no better than them. No job is too small for anybody in our program to do. And, you, you know, you bring your lunch pail to work every day and you got to go to work. So for me, that's the focus. I'm not worried about hype. I'm not worried about the roster that's coming back. I'm just trying to do my job with the roster that is here. Um, I believe in this team. I believe in the youth of this team. So I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about who rises uh, and who you guys start to learn about um, as far as what you guys deem as all-stars or impact players because there's a ton of them on our team that most don't know about, but I, I'm confident that they will take the next jump to be noticed. I, I can't wait to learn about those players. Because before I let you run, your final message to South Dakota State fans out there about what they can expect from you and this team in 2023. Yeah. Um, I think the fan base expects a championship, and uh, it's, it's all of our jobs to try to do our best to to get that done. And that's been the standard here. Um, and I'm going to give my best to try to do that. So however the chips fall, they fall, but we're going to work extremely hard as a team, not just me, but as a team to try to get that done. Coach, I appreciate you giving me a little bit of your time today. I know things have been busy with national signing day, but again, congratulations on, on being the next head coach of South Dakota state. And I, I look forward to seeing what you guys do on the field at, uh, this next season and moving forward. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yep. All right, guys, that was head South Dakota state head coach, Jimmy Rogers, man. Make sure to stay tuned for more college football, FCS football content throughout the all season, more head coach interviews, more player interviews, man. We're looking to take this content to the next level here on the blue bloods, man. Make sure to subscribe. If you're listening on YouTube, check out our website, the blue blood CFB.com. We'll have, we'll have this, this interview and other head coach interviews, player interviews in terms of article form on there. We have recruiting content, everything else and make sure to follow us on social media at the underscore blue bloods and guys we'll be back next time with even more fcs content right here on the blue bloods but until then guys we are out